Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking the art of gaining peace with your money with Ken Honda. show we often talk about how to do smart things with your money it's a uh, it's a part of the reason uh, why we call it how to money <laughs> but we also try not to neglect the why behind our actions as well as our own attitudes that govern our overall approach to personal finance and so today on the show we're talking with Ken Honda about his book happy money which is all about the mindset and attitude that we bring to our money which directly impacts our happiness. And uh, actually, becoming an author for Ken was essentially a second career uh, that, that Ken discovered and developed after retiring before he was 30 years old. But Ken's writings bridge the topics of finance and self-help, focusing on uh, creating and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So Ken, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Hello, Matt and Joel. Uh, it's my pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much for your invitation. 
Oh, Ken, we were so glad that you accepted. So glad to have you on the show. Our first question that we ask every single guest, Matt and uh-huh. I, we really like to drink craft beer. Uh, we think it uh-huh. tastes good and it's worth spending a little extra money on the nice stuff, uh, even at the same time while we're saving and investing well for the future. So yeah, what, what's your craft beer equivalent? What do you splurge on in the here and now while you're also saving and investing for the future? Okay, that's a very interesting question. Actually, uh, people laugh at me when I when I bought a car, uh, electric car attached to the house. You know, it's uh, the most advanced technology. I Whoa. think probably Tesla offers something like that. But now, if you, uh, you know, I'm a gadget man. So if you have a car, <laughs> electric car, and attach it to your house, uh, it runs enough electricity for like a week. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of earthquakes here, so um, in, in case of emergency, I, I thought it'd be fun, you know, to have a, a, a car like that. <laughs> well, not, not only fun, but like you said, it's, it seems like a super practical thing. But yeah, Joel, could you power your house off of your Nissan Leaf back when you had it? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I think yeah, the yeah, battery yeah, pack yeah, was yeah, too yes. small. Ken, I used to own a Nissan Leaf. I don't anymore, but I loved it, and I love electric cars, so I totally oh. get the obsession. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm a gadget man. You know, people just uh, sent me all kinds of gadgets, and then people know I love them. So, Ken, so let's uh, let's dive in your book. We want to talk all about happy money. And early mm-hmm. in your book, you write about this experience at a park, the, and that experience for you, it, you, you talked about how that was a turning point. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I was. Uh, I retired when I was 29 to 30, and uh, when, when my wife and I found out that uh, she was pregnant. So uh, my original idea was just for a couple of months, but that ex- got extended to a year, and we ended up spending four years. And I think almost three years into my semi-retirement, I, uh, my daughter and I were at the park in front of a swing, and um, a mother and a child came in, and then they were just spending fun time for just a couple of minutes. Uh, and uh, uh, mother said, okay, your mommy has to go. And uh, the child said, you know, we just got here. And she was right. But uh, she said, your mommy has to work. And so she was literally taking off the swing, and then they disappeared. And I sat there so like speechless, and I wonder why does she have to go? And of course, it's uh, it's her job, and the money, and uh, she, she seems like she was so stressed. And I realized that uh, if she knew more about money, and she could probably spend more time at the park. And on that night, I started writing about happiness and money, and that led to hmm. my uh, series of books later. But. That was the original um, encounter. Yeah, it's interesting how you see yourself and you're like, I can stay at this park for hours with my daughter um, uh-huh. because of how I've handled money and that dichotomy of someone else who, you know, partly because they haven't handled money in the same way, they right. have to pull their daughter away and get back to work. And, and, and Ken, your mission, it seems less attached to the nuts and bolts of saving and investing. And uh-huh. more, it's more of an attempt to influence the way people think about their money. So, yeah, do, do you think that the gap between handling money well, do you think it's more mental than practical? You know, uh, I, I have taught hundreds of thousands of pre- people personally, both money IQ and money EQ. 
And there are, you know, many IQ teachers in the world, especially in the West. You know,、uh, Robert Kiyosaki, whom I share the stage in Japan and、uh, elsewhere.、Uh, and those people teach about、uh, financial intelligence, which is great. But also,、uh, there is another part.、Uh, I call it money EQ. And money EQ is money emotional intelligence, and I think you need to learn more about those because even the most smart people make stupid mistakes emotionally, and they、mm-hmm. end up losing、yeah. all. So I think、um, I'm now focusing more on teaching money EQ now. Totally get that, yeah. And you know, Ken, in your book, you make the point that the scarcity mindset. Like how、mm-hmm. that's behind,、uh, like a lot of the negative emotions that we have when、uh-huh. it comes to our money. You know,、uh, what's interesting is that、um, it doesn't really matter how much you have or how much you make. It's more about your attitude. If you feel happy with your money,、uh, you feel a lot less stress around money. But even if you make millions of dollars but still not happy with money, you feel like you have to make more, and,、uh, and there is this hell. That wanting more, doing more, and needing more, and、uh, you cannot find happiness. So、uh, you have to know when is enough, and that's what I call abundance mentality. And、uh, when you don't have that, you're driven to do more. And probably, if you're in the middle of the rat race, you know you feel like th- that's the way that everybody lives, and、uh, you don't know th-、uh, there is another way. Yeah, it's interesting too because I feel like a popular way, like mode of thought right now, especially in the West, is that acquiring enough money buys you freedom. Like that's、mm-hmm. kind of what people equate building up a two million dollar nest egg or something like that. It's it's like at that、mm-hmm. point I can be free and I don't have to work a job. But you say that that's not true. So yeah, why why is it? Why do you say that money and freedom are not equivalent? You know, probably if you're not financially well off, you think、uh, one million dollars would be just a happy goal. I have written about,、uh, published about two hundred books, mostly on happiness and money,、uh, mostly in Japanese. And、uh, I interviewed many wealthy people. At one time, I met up with this person whose company is public, and I, you know, everybody by any standard, he is a wealthy man. So my question was. When did you feel wealthy? You know,、uh, in your、uh, like twenties or thirties, I I expected an answer like when I was like twenty five when my company went like、uh, public or stuff like that. But、uh, he paused for a second and said, "Hmm, I don't think I'm wealthy." And I was so surprised、uh, because <laughs>、uh, you know he's a wealthy man, and、yeah. he said, "I'm not wealthy because I don't have a private jet." <laughs> and、oh. I, was, I laughed, and you know, a, a, f- a few years later, I bump into somebody who has a private jet, and I asked, I asked the same question, and he said, "I'm not wealthy at all. You know, I'm comfortable with money, but every time I, I pull up to、uh, this special terminal, you know,、uh, a private jet's、uh, air terminal, I feel so small because my plane only seats eight people." <laughs> Whereas you know, like jumbo jets right next to me, so whenever I pull over, I feel I'm the poorest guy in the world. <laughs> so like, okay,、hmm. so no matter how much you make, there is always uh, uh, somebody who's making more. So you have to、uh, decide when is enough for you. Otherwise, you know, you keep、uh, piling up、uh, money and you see no end. Yeah, can yeah, kind of to that. In your book, you talk about how we should essentially you call it changing our 
our money game, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, just like you said, it can be tempting to always feel the urge to earn more money, uh, and mm-hmm. then you end up in a cycle where. Yeah, the, the rich don't actually feel rich because there's always someone else who's richer. So, like, how do we move out of that money game then to kind of change the way they're thinking about it? You know, first of all, you have to know what you think of money. I, my favorite question is, if money was a person, who would it be? You know, would it be a fun person to be with, or would it be a cold, terrible, mean person? You know, money symbolizes certain things in your life. Money can be fun. Money can be mean. Depending on where you come from, so first of all, you have to think money is a good friend instead of a master who just orders you around, and that means you're a slave to money. By the way, and unfortunately, most of most of us feel that we are slave to money, but money is just a neutral energy. You know,、uh, either we become a, a slave or master or friend. And so you'd say that the friend approach to money is is the best approach, right? Yeah, I think、um, being a best friend with money is a fun life to live because、um, if、uh, money is your best friend, if you want to fly、uh, first class and, and go wherever you want, money can do it for you. And if you want to shop,、uh, money will prepare it for you. So money can help you in so many ways. So if you let money be- become your friend and just help your life,、uh, your life will be very easy. And once again, you know, even though、uh, I said you don't have to be a millionaire, you know, certain money can help you have some freedom. Right. So okay. So Joel said, you know, it, you know, it sounds like being money's friend or having money be your friend is、mm-hmm. kind of tops, right? But like in my mind, I feel like I want to be the master of my money, right?、Mm-hmm. And so is is that not the mindset we should take, where if you know, essentially we're able to put money to work for us? You know, it's interesting. A lot of people in the West have this control issue. You know, if I'm a master, I can control <laughs> money. But、right. you know, this、uh, once you're stuck with this control issue,、uh, you are afraid that someday、uh, these slaves are going to have a riot, and then、uh, it's going <laughs> to, you know, they're going to upset the, uh, this uh, power game, and then you become a slave again. So when you try to control somebody, it's the same with relationship.、Hmm. Uh, you feel this fear. That someday uh, uh, they will upset the relationship. So I think uh, being a be-、uh, best friend is uh, uh, gives you more peace of mind. Because just think about yourself be- becoming a master. Say you have、uh, five million dollars in your bank account, you will be afraid that somebody is going to sue you, or somebody is、uh, like an IRS is going to attack you, or somebody may kidnap your child. You know, so there will be a lot of fear. So unless you deal with this fear. Our money and also、uh, your future, you cannot be free from money or financial stuff. So I think、uh, being a best friend is better than becoming a master and,、uh, gotcha. and stay afraid for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, we know all about best friendship on this on the show too. So、uh, I, I agree. I, I, I like I like the way you you view it. So again,、uh-huh. let, let's talk a little more about IQ versus EQ too, because I think you're right. I think、uh, there 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 are is a lot of important knowledge, head knowledge that people need to gain when it comes to money.、Mm-hmm. But I, I think you're right. I think there is a lack of people talking about. EQ, and so yeah, when you're talking about money EQ in the book, you say that people need to trust before they're able to get money. So, what do you、mm-hmm. mean by like that? By that, what what do we need to trust? How do we do that? You know, the reason why we feel so stressed around money is like once we let go of money, it'll never come back. So this funny distrust around money gives you sleepless nights. 
But if you trust life, and if you have a trust that some,、uh, even if you run out of money, somebody is going to come、uh, help you. If you know that, you don't have to feel fearful around money. So the most important thing around money issue is trust. Trust that somebody will, will come in and, and, and help you. They're, they're not going to let you fall when you have、uh, financial difficulties. So I'm always joking. If you have more than 52 friends and, and、uh, they're kind enough to let you stay for a week for free, you don't have to worry about money because you, know,、um, you just keep staying, changing friends and stay,、uh, stay with their uh, uh, home. And it, it can last for a year. And after about a year, it can come back and say, long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good philosophy. Yeah. So once you know that you have enough good, good friends who help you in case of emergency, You don't have to worry about money. Like, I, you know, I don't have any debt, but、uh, if I、um, lose everything,、uh, a lot of people will come rescue me、uh, with some cash in their hands. So I think I can start over from anywhere, anytime, because、yeah. I have enough great friends who are willing to help me. So I'm not afraid of losing everything, you know, the lawsuit or whatever that is, because I have、uh, insurance policy, you know, that's like, I have many friends. Yeah, that's、mm-hmm. great. I love, the, I love the way you're thinking about that.、Um, I love、mm-hmm. thinking of friends. Friends are such a great insurance policy because you're right. I think, I think basically what you're saying is that a lot of us worry needlessly because we do、yes. have all these other options at our disposal, all these other people that would come to help us in a time of need. And yet we kind of、uh, think that we're going it alone. And because of that, it probably brings just unhappiness in general, but then unhappiness in our relationship with money too. Yeah, and I think it's uh, uh, sad that、uh, we're born and brought up that way. You know,、uh, like when, when we eat food, it's also a cultural difference too. In the West, you have individual plates, and then you take whatever is on the public plate and just move it to your,、uh, your individual plate. And also at school, you don't dis- discuss with your friends about what, what's the best answer and then take the exam, right? An exam you have to take on your own.、Right. So, a lot of things we are、uh, almost brainwashed to, to think that I have to do everything alone. So, we can help one another. And I, and I think that's how we are doing with our neighbors and the project team. But、um, there are so many situations that we are supposed to do things alone. Let's just imagine that if your bank account is like a joint account、uh, with your friends, just, you know, you just get to be friends and have a joint account with your five wealthiest friends,、um, you know, among <laughs> all your friends. Don't you think you have no problem? That sounds nice in, it, in, in it, theory. It, <laughs> <laughs> it does take the pressure al- off. Yeah, it's almost like you have a joint account with, you know, your buddies. <laughs> So, but、uh, in, I know、right, in Matt North and I America. I'm going to combine our bank accounts right after this conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. In North America, it brings up so much shame when you talk about、uh, how much money you make. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that people don't talk about money、uh, in public and, and、mm. even couples and, and best friends. You don't know how much、uh, each of you make, you know? Right. I think a sexual thing is more. Taboo in Japan, but we are more open about talking about how much money we, we make to、mm-hmm. one another. But in North America, it's, it's more, more taboo, right? 
That's true. Yeah. yeah. And that's I mean, something that that's honestly, that's one of the missions of our show is like, we want that mm-hmm. to become less taboo. And, you know, we're, we're literally best friends talking about money because there is such a, we, we want to take the lead role in that um, because it is taboo and it's, um, it, it's awkward for people to talk about it. And we don't think it should be. We think it should be yes. more commonplace that people are able to open up and talk about money, um, you know, much more than they do now and get more specific with it too. Yes. So um, I'm just uh, enjoying it so much. You know, I, I teach in Europe, I teach in China and, you know, at different countries. And anthropologically, it's so much fun because uh, for North Americans, uh, you, you want to die if you are forced to talk about your financial life. <laughs> or, you know, uh, and they can talk about the sex, sex life for hours, but they, can, they cannot <laughs> talk about their financial life. You know, the, it's opposite uh, in Japan. You know. It's because you know, money can bring uh, so much emotions. Uh, so and, and many of them are negative. You know, a shame, embarrassment, and resentment. So unless you heal the, the money wounds in your heart, you cannot have a good relationship with money. Absolutely. Yeah. And Ken, actually, in your book, you talk about how our past, how it affects how we feel about money, how it essentially has a, you know, some control over the emotions that we have mm-hmm. about money. And so we're actually going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our past and our histories, and we'll get to that right after this break. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or 
you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, Life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we're back from the break. We're talking with Ken Honda about gaining peace with our money. And it's yeah, it's a topic that we haven't m- maybe discussed in this way before. And so it's really nice yeah, to not have this depth. Ken. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not in this depth. And so I'm glad to have Ken here because his book, Happy Money, really does a good job, I think. Like, honestly, Ken, when I was reading this book, the day I was reading it, uh, I was kind of going through something where I had to spend a lot of money. And it was, uh, the, uh-huh. you really, just just reading it at that time made me think about that completely differently. It really did just like mm-hmm. change my attitude about the purchase I was making. Um, and for a second, like before, <laughs> before I read, I was, uh, I gotta be honest, I was just kind of like not happy. Um, I was mm-hmm. frustrated by the fact that, that this money was going out of my life. Uh, and then, you know, reading your book, it made me just completely reoriented the way I perceived that purchase. And it made me say, you know what? I'm so thankful that I have this money to be able to spend on this. Um, even though it feels like a lot, uh, it just, mm-hmm. it, you gave me, it gave me some gratitude in the moment. So, um, I got to say it's a helpful book. Let's, Thank you. Let's, Beautiful. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the, the history of money. Um, and yeah, you say that it's not the richest people among us, but it's the folks who have figured out how to change their attitude and heal prior money wounds that are the happiest in life. So how are we influenced by our past when it comes to money and how do those wounds kind of continue to fester like decades later sometimes? So I always ask my clients to go back to childhood, uh, say uh, when you're like five to eight or 10 
Unless your parents are comfortable and happy with money, I'm sure most of us have been scolded for wasting our money or not thinking right. So、uh, we have just traumatic experiences, like we we were denied of、uh, summer camps and soccer lessons and ballet lessons、um, because of money. But our parents were too shameful to say that、uh, it's because of money, and they blamed on、uh, blamed on us.、Uh, one of my clients said, "You know, you want to、uh, learn ballet? You're not a character. You know, you're not so、uh, beautiful. So only the beautiful girls take ballet lessons. How、mm-hmm. how terrible is that? And it's、right. nothing to do with the beauty, but because of the shame that brings、uh, up in、uh, her father." He couldn't confront it, so he's he、mm. blamed on her,、uh, and and that's a terrible like a triple attack on a child, and、yeah. it's an, an incredible abuse. But most of us survived a、um, uh, trauma uh, like that, and years later, when she wants to go to like.、Uh, To get aromatherapy massage, she automatically thinks I'm not beautiful enough, so I sh- I don't deserve this treatment. And whatever、um, our parents said、uh, decades ago, keep haunting you. And so whenever you you think, okay, this is opportunity, I have to make a purchase, so I have to apply for schools, and then your parents' voice ringing, you don't、uh, deserve the money. So you know because you're boring or you're stupid or whatever that、mm-hmm. is. So、uh, we have to heal the pain, and、uh, at least you have to bring it back to neutral. Otherwise,、uh, we make、um, a lot of decisions based on the traumas. Yeah, it sounds like we can incorrectly put too much of our self worth in、mm-hmm. some of those incidents that happened maybe in our past. I mean, Ken, is that why you? I mean, so anxiety and fear. I mean, that, those are some of the the common emotions that come up as folks、mm-hmm. are kind of revisiting、uh, their, their their past. Is is that why you feel like those emotions are just the most pervasive? Yes, and.、Uh, Uh, not only that,、uh, we have like overjoy. Some of us feel overjoy when they make money. They become a gambler. So,、mm. depending on the traumas, we ended up in a different uh, uh, people. We become a spender. We become a warrior. We became a money addict who make who makes、um, uh, money, and it's almost like addiction, you know,、uh, many、uh, money making scheme. So even though、um, he or she makes a million dollars, now the next goal next goal is two million dollars. So、uh, because of the insecurity you f- you felt in your childhood,、uh, forces you to be a certain way, and it's interesting how people、um, respond to that. Uh, because uh, I, d- I did help a lot of family members uh, with uh, estate taxes、um, decades ago, and I always found it fascinating. You know, they're born and brought up in the same household, but brothers and sisters, they become a totally different people.、Mm-hmm. You know, the、uh, the elder eldest uh, uh, brother, he became a money、uh, addict.、Uh, he became a hedge fund something, and then the second one became a scholar. I call it money in different type. You know, he's he has no interest <laughs> in money. He had to be there because you know it's a family gathering. And the sister is a spender. She wants to know how much she can get so she can spend all the money in a shopping mall. So you know, they 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 became a different people. And、uh, there are so many mysteries、uh, about money. And、uh, the opposite money types are attracted to 
one another and they end up mostly they're likely they end up getting married and then they <laughs> end up getting divorced because you know the the same uh, reason that once they're attracted to became the reasons to have a divorce so mm. it's a there's a lot of comedy and tragedies around money that way and there are probably a lot of people can too who never actually deal with some of the trauma or deal with some of the scars and they probably don't even mm -hmm. understand why they have the uh, the relationship with money that they have. It's probably deep, deeply subconscious and they haven't spent the time mm -hmm. to think through it. So yeah, yes. how do you recommend that folks actually dive deep and move on and grow from those financial scars? First, recognize them and then like learn to heal them. Are there any like specific things that you, that you recommend that people do in order to kind of deal with the past and instead of letting the past mm -hmm. continue to inform the present? Yes. Yeah, so you know, um, I'm translating a lot of uh, information from Japanese to English, so you can do a lot uh, for free on my website. But first of all, you have to understand what's, what's your money type. You know, if you're a spender, just uh, uh, become a, a detective and then fi figure out why you became a spender or warrior or moneymaker. And, uh, and then you realize that uh, your brother ended up being the, the other way and I became this way. It's because I feel so powerful when I go out shopping and, and then that's why you become a spender. I feel so powerful when I save money and just look at my bank statement online. Oh, you know, I, I feel safe. So why do you have to feel safe? Because there are some uh, incidents that made you feel insecure. So uh, now you know that you're secure, you have many friends to help and family members uh, will be there. I don't have to feel uh, so insecure about money anymore. And then mm. you, you can start spending money. And the other type say, you're a money maker. Like I can feel secure if I don't have a million dollars or two million dollars in my bank account. But if you just uh, look at uh, uh, your pattern, okay, I think I'm a money, money maker. Maybe $1 million isn't enough if I cut down all the living expenses. And then you can just breathe and oh, maybe I don't have to worry about it anymore. So, you know, there's no uh, skeleton in the, in the closet is what we say in Japanese. You know, there's no ghost in, your, in the closet. Hmm. So um, you have to know uh, you became a certain way because of what happened in the past. Yeah. And can you talk about too, I mean, not only showing gratitude for what happened in, you know, in your past, but like in your book, you talk about how in Japan you show gratitude to your ancestors. And mm -hmm. so can you talk about that? So, I mean, how does that play into some of these emotional scars that are around because of things that happened in the past? Why should folks essentially thank their, their parents and their grandparents and their great, great grandparents? Uh, what's the point essentially of recognizing the family patterns that they uh -huh. have come from? Yeah, thank you. That's a very good question. A client of mine came to me for a counseling session and he wanted to be an entrepreneur. And uh, he just said, he was complaining about his parents that they don't understand him because they are uh, uh, working for a government, you know, uh, bureaucrats. And the reason why they became a bureaucrats uh, is that their parents, that means grandparents from a client, uh, were um, entrepreneurs. So uh, his parents suffered so much because of up and downs of being entrepreneur. It's a family, right? So uh, when they were young, they made sure 
that uh, their family would not suffer from ups and downs of uh, running a business. So uh, when I think back, it skips generations. So uh, my client is so super bored with his family because you know there's no <laughs> nothing happening. You know <laughs> the same uh, salary, very boring. His family parents think it's the best thing. You know the s- security. But he got so bored, so he, he has so much excitement in him. And his parents despise that uh, pattern because it reminds them of their unhappy childhood from mm. uh, their parents. So when they uh, just figure out one generation back, they're also once again you know, school teachers. So, so when you think of four generations of uh, how they reacted with money, there is this pattern. And... You know, we, you think uh, your parents try to control you or your grandparents control you uh, in the way that they think it's right. But think about it. Uh, they did it. They did so because of love. They wanted to make sure that their kids would not suffer. So uh, even though you feel such a bad energy from your parents or grandparents, you thought that was their control but or attack even. But in fact... There is so much love, and uh, they're just wishing their best for you. Uh, mm. But it comes out in a different way. So if you could feel the love coming from your parents, grandparents, and grand-grandparents, and the, the, the other generations, you feel supported by 8 people, 16 people, 32 people, and mm. thousands of people if you go back to 12 generations. So once you feel... You have the full support from ancestors. You know you can do anything in the world. That's how I feel about my life because um, my uh, both my parents passed away, but now I feel a, a stronger support from them uh, energy-wise. It's like you know uh, uh, movies in a, a Jedi, you know Star Wars, you know, all the people who passed <laughs> the away. Force. Are, uh, yes, the Force. They're just uh, <laughs> protecting you. That's how Japanese people think of their ancestors. And I think, you know, you don't have to be religious about that. If you think of your parents' love and grandparents' love, the same thing, you know, uh, their love is carrying you in your your body. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think sometimes maybe we ascribe bad motives to people Mm -hmm. or to our parents for things that weren't handled well. And I think you're right. I think sometimes parents are just doing the best they can. And if we can ascribe love as the motive even though it didn't play out the way we wanted it i think you're right i <laughs> right, think it exactly. i think it helps our perspective right yeah uh, so it's not the way ideal way we kind of expected but that's the only way they they could show their love so uh even they they could be abusive but a lot of parents think uh it's not their abuse it's a, a, a discipline that uh they have to give to their kids otherwise uh they'll they'll end up in a a lot of trouble so yeah. their motivation was out of love even though the actions and outcome was not acceptable you know so if you can feel that they their love was just the the start of everything you could forgive what they did or what they didn't and then uh, you can start receiving only the love part and you feel more loved and you feel less scary uh, energy from your past 
Right. Well, Ken, you know, with all this attitude change and mindset shift uh, type of, you know, language that we're using, someone listening might think that uh, that you would say that you can't you shouldn't spend money and that it can't bring happiness. But you actually say that there is a way for us to spend money in a in a way that aligns with with what we truly believe. And so we're actually going to talk more about spending money. Maybe we'll, we'll touch on uh, earning money a little bit and we'll get to all of that right after this break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. <laughs> Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step -step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right we're back from the break we're still talking with ken honda we're talking about gaining peace with your money and matt you said we're going to talk about spending so let's, let's do it yeah uh the, the frugal person's nightmare is to spend their money right <laughs> which uh sometimes can, can be the case for me ken i'll you admit it you confessed to that uh-huh. a little bit earlier <laughs> but yeah in your uh-huh. book you actually say that once someone develops a habit of spending it's often hard to rein it in uh, and ken you know you've been called that happy millionaire so how, do, how does a happy millionaire think properly about spending their money so whenever I, I, I pull out my credit card or in a situation to spend money, I always check myself, is this money going to uh, make me happy or are the people happy? And I, I, I even ask my money, uh, where do you want to be? And if money says, you know, I, I want to go there, I want to, I want to be exchanged with something, uh, I try to make sure that uh, the money will uh, go to the right spot. So... The only criteria is, is this money going to make everyone happy? And, and by everyone, you mean you and the money? Money and also the, uh, the people who receive your money. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you said that. And it, initially, it almost seemed like you kind of put that out there as like, in one sense, will this make me happy? Or is it not going to make me happy? And will it make other people happy? But what you're, what you're actually saying is that, I mean, here, by spending money in a way that is generous to other people, that's a way that we can uh, increase our own happiness, right? Yes, because uh, with money, you're exchanging something with something. Like say, if you pay at the restaurant, you know, you receive uh, service and uh, nice food, a nice time. So uh, either you just, you exchange the time and the food and the service with the money you have, could be credit card or cash, uh, and can you uh, pay the money with happiness or with frustration, it's your choice. So whenever mm. you pay something, you can do that with happiness. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like I said, I experienced that the other day, and it just mm-hmm. it, it completely changed my perspective on, on what I was buying. Uh, yeah, and, and Ken, when it comes to saving money, you say if you're going to save money, you should save it while you're imagining the fun ways that you're going to spend it later. So why does that vis- visualization of how that money is likely going to be spent, maybe whether it's you know three months down the road or three years down the road, why does visualizing it ahead of time, why is that so important? You know, um, because it's fun. I always tell my clients, you know, when you spend money, just tell your money, uh, wave your money and, and say, thank you for being with me. Come back with your friends. You know, that, that's always like a fun way of just departing your money because uh, when you uh, let go of your money, uh, always make sure that uh, the money knows that they have to come back. And, uh, and it's just always fun uh, to imagine that money is blessing everybody, everyone uh, after leaving you. Uh, it will probably um, 
uh, bless the waiter and, and, the, and the, the, the farmer and the truck driver and all the people involved. So by blessing everyone and then the money will come back to you. So I teach kids about this happy money circulation. Once kids really get this idea, they are so happy to spend money because by, by uh, spending your money, you're making hundreds of thousands of people happy and the money circulates. So if you can see the circulation of money in a happy way, you know, I think that's, that's the beauty of capitalism. But we tend to abuse that system somehow over the mm. years. Yeah, when we take more of that individualistic approach, we can mm -hmm. often not look at how that money is able to benefit those around us. Uh, oftentimes, we're just folk. We're, we're only looking at our, our account balance. Uh, we're not really thinking about how that benefits other people, right? Oh, so uh, I always imagine that uh, we are connected so in so mm. many different ways. So if we're connected spiritually, emotionally, and financially, some of us, uh, I think I'd say most of us who live in industrialist country, can uh, spend money for other people. Whoever has more money than uh, that need for their survival, if we get if we get to share what we have, most of the world issue uh, problems will be solved, especially starvation and uh, uh, all the uh, bad distribution of the food and uh, medical supplies. Unfortunately, we are so stuck in these individual ideas that we own this, you know. We have to leave everything behind when we die. So just why not just share what we have? But unfortunately, you know, not all of us think that way. So um, the reason why I'm doing this is to remind us that uh, uh, the money in your bank account is not only yours, but it's for somebody else. So if you feel um, comfortable and if you feel like you have more than enough, we can get to share for other people. That's certainly a different way of, of looking at money than I think a lot of people, especially here in the U.S., view their money. And so that can, that's mm -hmm. spending. Uh, when it comes to earning, I think it can, it can also be difficult to remove the negative emotions surrounding earning money, right? Because right. if you've always view your paycheck as something that your uh -huh. employer just begrudgingly gives you, right? It's something that they have uh -huh. to give you as opposed to something that they're happy to pay you. You know, you're going to have unhappy money, right? You talk about this in your book. Yeah, so... It's so sad that a lot of money exchanges are done in frustrations. Think about that. Uh, when you, if you're a freelance, uh, they chose you for uh, um, coaching. And there are hundreds of thousands of coaches out there, but they chose you. That means they placed a trust in you. And if you're working for a company, there could be hundreds of other candidates, but they chose you to work for them. So you can appreciate about the fact that they, they give you money weekly or monthly. One of my students who's a single mom secretary was complaining about the low, the little pay she got from her boss, but uh, she realized that even though she didn't have a college degree, she was hired by her boss. So a uh, first time in her life, she started showing her appreciation to her boss. And a few weeks later, she got a big raise and a bonus, you know, her wow. appreciation paid off <laughs> financially too. I'm sure uh, her boss felt the appreciation from her. And so he felt like he has to appreciate her back. So appreciation really works. 
Yeah. And, and uh, you know, one of the other things when it comes to earning money, you say that having too much money can actually be more of a burden than a blessing. And, um, mm-hmm. I guess some people would say more money, more problems, right? So is that, is that, is that, <laughs> is that true? Like, like w- what is it about having more money than we need that actually creates more problems for us sometimes? So, for example, if, uh, if the money is you, you earn, it's okay. But if it, the money comes from the trust fund or your parents or lottery, it's not exactly your money. So your energy and your money uh, have different energies. I call it money container. If you're born with a certain size of a money container, and if the money given to you is bigger, it's going to crack your container. Hmm. That's why a lot of uh, lottery winners end up losing everything in five years. You know, They don't have the right container size. So uh, I, I'm teaching wealthy parents about how to educate their kids uh, financially because uh, even though uh, you try to give money to your kids, if you don't have the, the right financial education, especially emotionally, your kids are likely to have uh, drug issues and all the other addiction, addiction issues because it's going to uh, mess up their minds. You know? So money can be a, a powerful energy to mess up with people's minds. So if they have the ability to earn the money, it's okay. But if he, uh, he or she doesn't have the ability, you have to really make sure that uh, he or she can handle it right. And it obviously has an impact on their happiness, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you, you were saying earlier too, it doesn't matter how much money somebody has if they always feel mm-hmm. that they don't have enough. If they haven't changed their mindset, then that's, that doesn't necessarily mean that that money is going to bless them. It's not yeah. going to be something that makes them happy. I think some people always think that more money f- is going to fix whatever problem yeah. you have, that money is like this hammer and everything's a nail, and so it's always going to solve the problem at hand. But that's, n- that's not the case, right? That's a misperception of what money is and what money does. Right. So, of course, you know, money can do uh, wonders to some extent. So I wrote a book about what money can do and what money cannot do. Money cannot buy you love, but money can do wonders to help you become a more loving person. So you have to know the difference, what, what you can do with money and what you cannot. Otherwise, you know, you'll be more miserable because you think you can get away with, with anything if you become a master of money. But uh, if your attitude is that like that, people hate that, uh, especially if you try to control people over money. So you have to teach your kids uh, early on how money affects people because money, once again, money brings you shame and guilt and frustrations. And you have to be careful how to play with the money. You know, even, even if you have nothing and if you have more than uh, you deserve, people will be jealous of you about uh, you having a, a rich parent or a rich grandparents. And uh, it doesn't really matter who you are they feel resentment towards you. Uh, So you have to be careful with money energy. Otherwise, you can make your kids and grandkids so miserable. It's a it's a tool, right? You can do a lot of good with money, but you can also do a lot of harm. Ken, at the the very beginning of your book, you also say that creating flow and happiness with money 
is most easily done with others, with other people. And we yes. totally agree. This is a part of why we, we do the podcast uh, three times mm-hmm. a week. It's something that we really enjoy being <laughs> each other's, Joel and I are kind of each other's accountability partners to a certain extent. What are your best suggestions to help people find uh, like-minded peers, whether that be a tribe? How do folks pursue money happiness uh, with other people? How can they find those people? Yeah, so uh, I suggest people on the way path to financial freedom, there are so many ways. I really enjoy listening to uh, Rachel, you know, uh, the guest uh, the, the other week, and yeah. uh, you know, you could you could go uh, you could climb the mountain of uh, financial independence in so many different ways, and it's more fun if you climb with your friends. So just become a, a, a member of uh, some communities, and if you want to go uh, through real estate, have fun learning about that. If you want to do, uh, if you want to start your own business, just become a part of the community. And I'm helping uh, so many people find who they are. I think the best way is to discover your gifts and uh, share with that with other people. I think that's the shortcut to financial independence. So find what you're good at and discover your gifts and improve it and share with other people that will bring you money, uh, especially happy money. So uh, do what you love, follow your heart, and uh, don't aim financial independence, uh, and don't make it a priority. Money will come after you help other people. So just focus on, on what you can give to the world, and the world will respond with happy money. Ken, we appreciate uh, your message. We appreciate your heart and your you know coming on the show to share um, everything that you've learned and discovered um, in in regards to how we can be happier with our money over the years. Where can our listeners find out more about the book Happy Money and you know you and what you're up to? Yes, uh, um, unfortunately, there isn't much information about me in English yet. So uh, you can find all the information at kenhonda.com, and I'm going to start. Uh, English online salon. I have the second largest um, online salon in Japan. We have about 7,000 people on the list, and uh, I hope I can get to share uh, what I know about happy money with uh, English-speaking people. So from now, I'm going to translate uh, one book at a time. I, I have about 200 books, so <laughs> there's a lot to oh, work. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're prolific, Ken. <laughs> and of course, we'll yeah, link write, to, uh, to yes. your book, Happy Money, as well, which, uh, mm-hmm. which we're holding right here, and which has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope to uh, have a chat with you in, uh, one day in, in person. Hey, that sounds great. Next time you're in the States, come on by the studio, and we'll, we'll chat again. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for your invitation. I really enjoyed being interviewed with you and have a very deep conversation with both of you, Matt and Joel. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. We thank appreciate you. it. All right, Matt. That was a great combo with Ken yeah. Honda. And yeah, they, they call him the, the happy millionaire over in Japan. And he just had some great tips about how to be happier with money and our relationship with money. And uh, I think it's important. I think it's important. I think it's something that we don't talk about enough. You know, you and I, we like to talk about our behavior and money, um, but we also like to focus on the nuts and bolts. We think there's this 
really both things need to be covered, right? There's mm-hmm. a lack of financial knowledge, but then there's also a lack of financial EQ. And so I'm glad to be able to you know, focus a little more on that today in this conversation. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, that emotional quotient, right? And it's not just about the intelligence. It's about how we handle and how we manage our emotions as well. And think about and relate to it. So yeah, yeah. what was your big takeaway from this conversation? Well, honestly, just overall, like I hope that we are able to maybe incorporate more of the EQ side of things into our episodes, even moving forward as well. I mean, you and I, we didn't talk about this when we talked with Ken, but even off air, we, we were kind of talking about how just addressing attitudes, right, uh, I think can go a long ways because it's not just about the, the literal steps that we take, but it's about the heart uh, and the attitude behind what it is that we're doing. And so that's kind of like a very overarching kind of meta takeaway, I think, from our conversation with Ken. Uh, but specifically when he was talking about spending, he talked about when it comes to finding happiness with our spending, like not only should we be intentional with our money and pay attention to if it will make us happy, but to look to others to see if it will make them happy, which mm-hmm. is such, I feel like that's just such a counterintuitive kind of Western individualistic way of looking at money. We're just looking like, is this going to make me happy? And how honestly we should probably be looking to others and finding ways to try to make them happy. Uh, it kind of ties in a little bit there at the end. He talks about finding a tribe and finding others to kind of join you on your personal finance journey. But instead of like it being something that you gain or something that you conquer, what he said was to be generous uh, and find ways to take your gifts and give them to others. And by doing that, you will receive much back essentially. And so I feel like when it com- whether it comes to spending your money, uh, you know, finding ways to, to be generous and spending that money on other people or or when it comes to our mental attention and, and who we are pouring our lives into as well, uh, both of those are ways that we can look outside of ourselves. Uh, and ultimately, oftentimes, we're going to see that we're going to gain a lot in return, even if that's not the original intentions of our actions. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, focusing on others more with how we spend and then also just seeing the good that the money that we spend can do. I think sometimes I spend begrudgingly, uh, even if it's on something good or something I love. And so then my experience is tainted. Uh, and yeah, you got so that I, unhappy money, dog. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, man, this book was, was helpful in a lot of ways. And so I think that my biggest takeaway was when he said to become best friends with money. And, uh, you know, you and I were, <laughs> like all, that one. <laughs> we're all about best friendship here on the show. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to have bad experiences with spending and I don't want to do it in a way where even the good things I bring into my life have some sort of negativity associated with them. Um, yeah. And it makes me actually think about a recent episode that, that we did, Matt, uh, using money stress to your advantage mm-hmm. and kind of taking something that's commonly perceived as negative and saying, Actually, there there's something good here that we can use. And I think, um, it, I don't know, this was such a nuanced conversation. And I just appreciate all the thought that Ken has put into helping people not to get rich, right? But but to find happiness with how we think about money, with how we save it, with how we spend it and how we earn it. Um, I think there's just a lot to learn from there, especially, you know, culturally um, in the West. Uh, there's a lot we can learn from from someone like Ken, who comes from an Eastern culture. I think Ken hit the nail on the head to a certain extent when he talked about how capitalism is a great system, but it's got its flaws. And yeah. I think yep. some of those flaws are our consumeristic tendencies and our selfish nature um, that can take over uh, to a certain extent. So um, yeah, great conversation, uh, a lot of food for thought. Uh, but yeah, let's get back to the the beer. Actually, it wasn't a beer. Today, it was a, a <laughs> cider that the folks at uh, Original Sin Cider sent our way. This one's called Black Widow Cider. And it's got blackberries and freshly pressed New York apples. Matt, we don't do ciders often, but yeah, Yeah. what, what was your take on this one? Man, I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, cider isn't something that we often drink, but this was a cider that I felt like had a lot of depth. It had a lot of like backbone, and it says it's got blackberries in it, but 
I don't know because the can is black. It makes me think of like cherry coke. <laughs> I don't know what it is, and I know I do you love, love cherry coke. You love cherry coke uh, a whole lot, especially <laughs> straight from the fountain. You always say that it's a different formula and you can't beat it. Uh, it. It is, except for in those freestyle machines because they use cartridges as opposed to the real syrup. Oh, do they? Oh, it's got to be the real syrup. So old school like, machines. <laughs> uh, but I feel like it, I'm not trying to say that this was like <laughs> like a Coca-Cola product, uh, but it had just that. You know, you've, you've got regular coke. But then you add that cherry coke, and all of a sudden it's like, oh man, this is this is way better, right? Uh, and I feel like that's what they had going on with the cider. Like you've got these great, you know, this great cider base, but then you add, in this case, blackberries to it, and it rivals some of the better craft beers that we have on the show. I feel like oftentimes when it comes to ciders, sometimes they can be kind of one note, uh, and there's not a whole lot of depth to those ciders. But man, this one was really good. Uh, I think it like won some awards or something like that, and if they have, then rightly earned if they haven't they probably should <laughs> yeah no i agree I, I i i don't really drink cider and i think it's because i think of them as one note and incredibly sweet and yeah. i'm not into super sweet beverages um, except for cherry coke so uh <laughs> <laughs> this cider was really really tasty and i thought it had a lot of blackberry flavor going on it tasted like a mature adult beverage and not something that i don't know 20 something college <laughs> students would drink so uh i, this I really appreciate no cider this. for uh, a gen z or this is like a this is a cider for millennials yeah <laughs> grandpa millennials like us <laughs> yeah I, I really i really enjoyed it i thought it had i thought i had some good notes and so yeah. you know what maybe i'll check out some more ciders in the future check we'll see. more of their stuff out i'm glad this is one that you and i got to share today on the episode but we will make sure to link to Ken's website uh, and specifically this book, which we highly recommend. I feel like we only just barely scratched the surface of all the different things that he talks about in this book. So we'll make sure that that's up on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. That's going to do it for this episode, though. So until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. 
Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you.